1: plan savings with three lines of t-mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
2: oh my gosh it's so fun to be looking at the maps as we uh, get closer to the total solar eclipse coming up on april 8th that's a monday coming up uh in early april there Oh, NASA's got maps. Everybody's got maps, then, of where you can be to get the precise location. And we wanted to go further into that. We have some other questions coming up too. Happy to be joined again on the line by Allison Klesman, senior editor of Astronomy Magazine. Allison, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay. First off, before we start, before we talk about stuff hurling its way toward Earth, we'll get to that here coming up in a little bit. Um. Um, So I'm looking at maps right now. Uh, This is from NASA's website of exactly where the total solar eclipse is going to go and and the streak that it's going to do, kind of that V across the United States. Let me ask the, just in case there's anybody who doesn't know, tell me about the significance of the total solar eclipse.
0: Right. So, I mean, total solar eclipses are... Are, are just cool um, <laughs> the main significance is that if you're in this path of totality if you're in that that kind of path that NASA shows um, you will see the moon completely cover the Sun um, that's not something that happens often uh, at a given location um, and it's the only time that you can look at the Sun you know safely without you know protection and it's the only time from Earth that we get to see what's called the corona which is kind of the outer kind of this you know ethereal atmosphere of the Sun that we just can't See normally from Earth because it's just it's too faint. So that's really kind of the cool part about being in totality.
2: When's the what was the last time we had one?
0: Uh, the U.S. The last time was in 2017. that um, okay. so was August 2017. So that's kind of that V almost. That one went kind of in one direction, and this one's going in the other direction.
2: Some of us here in Kansas City will remember that as a day. I just so clearly remember that because some of us drove an hour north of here where you had a better view of it, and if I'm not mistaken, it rained. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, kind of unexpectedly then. So we remember that. When's the next time we'll have one?
0: Uh, the next time the U.S. gets one, I think, isn't till uh, I should know what's off the top of my head. I think okay. it's the 20, 2040s. Um, okay. that you kind of get it kind of passing over the U.S. again, um,
2: more than like a fraction of a state. So uh, Got it. Okay. So So catch this one now yes. if you can. The bad news is if you are staying here in Kansas City, we're not going to have a great view of it.
0: Right. That's right. You guys, I think it looks like you have about an 89% uh, eclipse there.
2: Um, For those who don't have a map in front of them, can you take us through, um, because I know people that are traveling that Mm -hmm. knew about, you know, as soon as this was announced, as soon as they knew that this was coming up, they looked at the map and and are making plans to go to a place that won't have a lot of light pollution and be able to go and see it. So if you're a listener who's thinking about that, where should people think about going to be able to really get a good view?
0: Right. Um, so once you do look at a map, basically anywhere in the path of totality is great. Um, a lot of us that, you know, kind of want to up our chances are kind of going to the southwest of the U.S. just because in April, that's kind of the best weather uh, prospects. You also have to consider, obviously, as you just said, weather. Um, so you kind of want to want to increase the chances of it being clear in the southwest U.S. is usually clear, you know, that time of year. But of course, it's it's a 50-50 chance. You know, we can't predict what the weather is going to be like on a a given day right um so we you may be clouded out in the southwest and cloudy in the southeast but chances are the southwest of the u.s is going to be better uh we're hoping
2: <laughs> i'm going to try to describe <laughs> and probably not well the the line the strip and cities that mm-hmm. fall in that we talked earlier this week that delta airlines and i'm sure other airlines will mm-hmm. do this too has set up flights that would take you and, and I this would just be so cool, except the flights a thousand dollars, that would have you be in the air at the prime time to see it. Right. So there's a line that goes kind of from central Texas up to upstate New York. Draw kind of a draw kind of that line that gets you through southeast Missouri. We have a couple of you saying that you're going to Arkansas, like the Ozarks. That would be an ideal place. Northern Arkansas would be an ideal place to go see it. Um, where are you going? Are you going?
0: I am. I'm going to San Antonio.
2: Okay. Uh, So that's kind of, I think about half of San Antonio is in the path that (laughs) kind of splits right down the city there. Um, I I assume get out of the city? I mean, like most things, get out of the city and... Yeah, I mean, actually, in this case, you don't have to because it's it's
0: literally the middle of the day, okay. um, so you don't have to. Fortunately, worry about light pollution. So, if as long as you were on that center line, um, you're good. Uh, the the benefit maybe of getting out of the city is less traffic. Um, that's kind of the one thing to keep in mind is you know it's going to be a big event and you know everyone's going to drive out and sit, stand there and watch the eclipse, and then as soon as it happens, uh, the roads are going to get very congested. <laughs> so that's something to consider. But again, if you if you're able to just walk outside your hotel or you know your home, even. Um, and see it. you know there's nothing wrong with that.
2: What is the significance of this for scientists who who study right. so, the stuff we're? Yeah.
0: yeah, there's I mean, again, it's kind of this chance for us to see to see the corona from Earth. Um, most of the solar physics that we that we do we have to do from space. Um, this is kind of a chance to study the sun from, from Earth. Um, so not only are we going to be, be studying the sun um, and kind of the shape and the, and the way the corona is acting for those few minutes that we can see it, um, we also get some other effects on Earth. I mean, it's kind of like instant nighttime, essentially. Mm-hmm. So there's some interesting things that happen in the atmosphere. Um, normally, you know, as the sun kind of sets or rises, you know, it's a slow transition. Um, so things in the atmosphere change slowly. Um, in this case, it's a very quick transition. So you can kind of study um what happens when when that that light kind of disappears and then comes back. So there's atmospheric effects. Um, there's kind of natural effects. Um, if, if you stand in totality, you'll notice, um, a lot of the animals think that it's nighttime all of a sudden. Oh wow. Um, so like the crickets might start chirping, um, birds might kind of go, go roost. Um, I, I, one of our editors had a story where they were watching it from a field and the cows all started going back to the barn because they thought it was, you know, nighttime. Oh my gosh. Um, so it was, it, so you get these, just all these different effects. Um, and, and yeah, so, so NASA is hoping to kind of study this range of effects, um, atmospheric, solar, kind of earth-based, a lot of things.
2: Remind me how long it lasts. So this
0: one, depending on where you are, is about four to four and a half minutes, which is about half as long as the longest you can have. I think the longest you can have is about seven or eight minutes. So this is pretty long. The, The one in 2017, if anyone saw that, was only about two, two and a half minutes. So this is much longer.
2: Some of you were texting in about your memories of that day. Yeah, (laughs) I was stuck in traffic, too. I remember that being the longest hour of my life, trying to get back from St. Joe and then having not seen it Um, safe to see with the naked eye. Uh, so as long as the moon is in front of the sun, so during those
0: four minutes of totality, yes. Um, if you are still in Kansas City or during any of the partial phases, then no, you have to have eclipse glasses or, you know, welder's glass or, or, you know, a safe solar filter in front of in front of you when you're looking at the sun during those partial phases. So only when the moon is directly in front of the sun is when it is safe to look with the naked eye.
2: So, again, Monday, April 8th is when we can look forward to this. Uh, we're talking to Allison Klesman, senior editor for Astronomy Magazine. I have to ask you about this because one of these came up today and then CNN had the story. Nearly 30,000 objects are coming toward near Earth orbit. It's not just a problem for space. And I didn't read the article anymore because I started getting nervous about it. And there was one that was going to come close today. We see a lot of these stories. um, And I feel like we're, you know, somebody's going to start playing the theme to Armageddon. But um, (laughs) when do I have to worry like, at what point when I hear one of these stories about stuff just coming toward Earth, do I need to be concerned? Generally not. Um, Ever? So
0: anything, <laughs> I mean, anything that's going to actually hit us, we kind of know about and have mapped out. And there's nothing that's that's going to hit us anytime soon. I think the next one is like in a couple hundred years is the next close call, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. <laughs> um, I mean, so... These, so the reason that we kind of hear about all these stories is that these things. So a lot of the the small things are what are what we're hearing about, and these small things um, they're dim, they're faint, they're small, they're hard to see, um, and we don't tend to see them until they get close. Um, but even if something small were to kind of come at us, there was one in Germany, I think, a couple weeks ago that it, it just burned up in the sky, and that's you know that's very common. So generally, we don't have to worry about it.
2: <laughs> I have to ask about how true the line out of, and I can't repeat the line because I don't want to say it on the air, but how much of the sky can nasa track uh,
0: it depends on the time of year uh for the most part it, we can't track 100% of the sky so so yeah there is the one caveat is that looking near the sun is very difficult um even if it's nighttime you know there's there's a region kind of always near the sun but that region is always changing so the sun kind of moves through the sky, it moves through the constellations um, throughout the year. So we can track that. But anything near the sun is hard to see. Um, I don't know the exact percentage, but we can see most of the sky. It's just really near the sun um, that, it, that it gets a little hard.
2: <laughs> okay, in the grand scheme of events like the, sol- the total solar eclipse, um, equate this like to the Super Bowl. Is this the big one?
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, this kind of solar eclipse. So this solar eclipse particularly, um, because it's crossing over the United States, which is so densely populated and has so many roads, um, you know, there's there's already millions of people that just live in the path and then hundreds of millions more that are going to travel to the path. So this may be the the most viewed total solar eclipse in history, we're thinking.
2: Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah. So now, now you got me thinking about areas with good weather. Texas is a good, this is good weather in April or dry weather in April. Yes. So Texas is, is right. That's a good. And I would think the farther North you get, the better your chances are of bad weather. That was a total horrible way to say that, but your, your, <laughs> your chances of good weather are better. The further South you are.
0: Yes. That kind of seems to be what the projections are saying. But again, if if you can't get to the South, you know, go where you can go. Um, it's always worth trying.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Well, some of us, we have listeners that are texting in about where that they, uh, where they're going to go. After this, after the total solar eclipse, what's the next big thing? Uh, I mean,
0: there's always more eclipses. Uh, so that's kind of I, – I think there's the next kind of big solar eclipse. There's kind of two that are coming up. There's one that's going to pass over um, – I think Easter Island in Chile um, is it, it? might be next year um, that we're kind of excited about. And then in a couple of years, there's one that's going to pass over Egypt. Um, that's going to pass right by kind of Luxor and the, and the pyramids. And that's kind of going to be the next kind of really cool one that people are going to want to travel to see in a couple of years.
2: Excellent. Well, we're super excited about it. We we dork out on this kind of stuff around here, so we uh, we enjoy talking more about it. Allison Klesman, senior editor for Astronomy Magazine. We always enjoy talking to you. I always learn a lot. Thanks so much for spending the time. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks a bunch. Okay, we'll take a break here. Uh, Coming up, new numbers out about how much your car insurance is costing and how much more it is costing. If you've gotten your rates lately and yours have gone up pretty dramatically, give us a call, 913-586-7798. Back here in just a few minutes on KMBZ. Welcome in here. I heard this song, I'm driving to Des Moines this weekend, and I was putting together a playlist for the drive because it's not the most exciting drive in the world. And I forgot about this song, and this song just makes me happy. And this is an earworm song for sure.
3: This is a good one. It was one of those where tonight, tonight, I knew from uh, Smashing Pumpkins because that's one of their songs oh, okay. as well. It was one of those where you have to listen to it yeah. first, and then you're like, "Oh, it's that one." Yeah, that's what it took for me. And I went, "Oh yeah, I, I know this."
2: One. Yeah, like, and I don't know what else. This band, Hot Kelly Ray, Hot Kaylee Ray. Uh, I don't know what else they did, but that song was great. Um, Quick reminder here. uh, We neglected to mention this earlier uh, in our conversation about the two men now um, being charged in connection to the death of Lisa Lopez Galvin. Again, she was a fixture here in Kansas City Radio. And at times like this, radio gets together regardless of who you work for. 23 radio stations coming together to raise money for her family. Uh, You can go. It's super easy if you want to help out on this. That GoFundMe page had been set up by her family. If you go to Kmbz.com, you'll see the story there, and it links to the fundraiser. Uh, Let's see. Goal was $75,000. It is currently at $379,000. So, um, you know, as we hear more details about what happened at that rally and with that shooting, and she absolutely, I I mean, the purest definition of innocent in, in terms of, and now she's got two kids left behind. So go to KMBZ.com and take a look at that. And uh, you'll see the link to the fundraiser there as well. Before we get to your calls, I want to mention one other quick thing. Um, As as I do the staff meeting on the air here, just for a second, if you are a season ticket holder for the KC current, um, there are, there's some talk going around about parking rates for the new stadium. Somebody just texted in. I, we are not finding it online. And so if you by chance got an email, if you are a season ticket holder or you're connected to the team somehow or the new stadium that's coming and you are seeing information about parking rates, I would love for you to share that with us um, because if it is what people are saying it is, that is something we need to talk about. So just be aware of that 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 uh, is out there as well. OK, moving on here. Vox.com had the story this morning. You also heard it on Kansas City's morning news about car insurance rates going up dramatically this year. I always get twitchy about this. Whenever I I renew mine every six months, I pay mine every six months. And if it goes up more than just a little bit, I always feel like I'm calling and asking them a bunch of questions about why. And their answer usually is you didn't do anything wrong. It just rates are up rates are up across the board. The consumer price index report, uh, which tracks what we pay for goods said that the price of car insurance is up more than 20% over the same time last year. One of the things that I heard on the morning show was that some of the vehicles that are coming out now, particularly some of the electric vehicles are more expensive to fix. And so insurance has to cost more and we are all paying more as a result. If you are finding that that's, you would love to talk to you more about it. Uh, Angela's on the line in KC. Thanks for holding on Angela. Appreciate it.
4: Hi, Jamie. This was very nice to talk to you. Um, My insurance, I just got my renewal and it's a six month, um, type of policy it runs six months at a time anyway it went up um six hundred dollars for six the six months it went up six. it went from 200 uh, about not a little under 200 actually to 300 this month i was shocked
2: um it, did you it was there i'm assuming the answer to this is no but i i assume there's no logical explanation for that
4: no I called when it went up last year um, and I was just told it's a matter of um, the chip shortage I think it's just so much put on I don't believe this the chip shortage the um, I have a 2019 car it is loaded but um, basically technology they're saying oh it's because of the technology it costs more Wow um, it was a sticker shock. And I called a company yesterday that kind of shops you around um, to see if I could get a better rate. Yeah. And, and they really couldn't find anything different.
2: Oh, my gosh, and I don't have
4: any I, I don't have any tickets. I, mean, I don't have any problems. And um, I'm 55 years old.
2: Can I ask what part of town? I don't want you to tell me what block, but like well, I live on the plaza. That could have something to do with I it. I acknowledge that my rates are probably higher because of where I live, because my car is and hit mine once might, a week. Might be mine. Might
4: also be that way because I live right on the border of Grandview and Belton.
2: So yeah, I'm trying to think That's what great. that intersection looks like.
4: It's a hundred. It's a seventy or it's forty-nine.
2: Okay, uh, about 155th. Yeah, by Chewy and all that. Um. That, boy, that makes me nervous. Mine is up in April and Mm -hmm. I am nervous about, because you shopped around and it didn't go down when you shopped around. No, no. Can you afford it? it Can you afford the increase?
4: No, it's as much as my car payment almost. What are you going to do? I'm just going to keep trying to push along. I mean, there's nothing I can do right now. I'm not, I mean, I, I like my car and, I'm, I don't know, I'm three or four years into my loan now, and, you know, I'm not that far from, you know, seeing the end of the line, but I'm still far enough away that this impacts me very heavily. I, this weekend, I was just like, I don't handle stress well. I was pretty stressed (laughs) out
2: about it. I bet. I bet. Um, Wow. All right. Well, that, that proves the point right there. Angela, good luck. Thanks for getting, we, uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um... The only thing I can think of to do in a situation like that is every so often I'll go in and play with my deductible and play with the kinds of, um, what do they call that, like riders additional insurance I have. Like at one point I had uh, rental car insurance on my insurance and then I took it off and then I was hit by an uninsured driver. I wish I'd had it, so I put it back on. You can always mess with that kind of stuff. But if you shop around and everybody's coming up with the same thing, 20% in one year, I mean, inflation is not up that much. So, what the heck is going on? Uh, 913-586-7798 if you want in on this one. We'll get to more of your comments on this next here on KMBZ.
4: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
5: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: 913-586-7798 is the phone number to get in here. Uh, We were talking about the story this morning. The Consumer Price Index for car insurance is putting that rate up 20% across the board from a year ago. Uh, A lot of you were texting us and telling us how much your rates have gone up. Feel free to call 913-586-7798. Some of these texts are getting pretty long. A lot of you are confirming this, that yeah, your insurance has gone up 150 bucks. You know, tell me how much you were paying before and how much more uh, you're going to be paying now. Uh, We don't know the exact reason. The reason that they gave us, the reason that they're saying is that Cars are getting more expensive to fix, particularly electric cars are getting more expensive to fix. And so insurance is going up because of that. Somebody wondered about, you know, uh, uninsured motorist. Yeah, I wonder because I paid a lot of money when I was hit by a driver that didn't have insurance that I shouldn't have had to pay. Um, so we we just kind of wonder what's going on with the rates. 913-586-7798. Chris is next up out of KCK. Hey, Chris. Hey. Hi. Hi there. So I drive a
6: 2011 RAV4, and it's an awesome car, you know, it's old. So I don't know my insurance rates, I really don't pay any attention to them, and I should. But a year and a half ago, I got a 2009 Mini Cooper, and I went to get that insured. My insurance on my RAV went down, and my insurance on my Mini was like $20 a month for full coverage. So I was paying less for two cars than I was paying for one car. I was asking my agent about it and he said that that's just the way it is and a lot of people will specifically buy a cheap old car as their primary, you know, daily driver type of car. I, and I think that, you know, you can you can designate which one is the daily driver, but in any case, it'll go down if you have two cars, and there he says he has people that sell one of their cars and they keep it on their policy so that their insurance is cheaper on the car that they keep,
2: okay, take me clear this up for me. okay, so if you have two vehicles, yeah. can, um you declare yeah, you declare which one, I guess is the one you drive more? I think so.
6: I think so. um I, I can't swear to that, but I do believe it's true, and uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't say that. But it, but my insurance was cheaper on the two cars than it was on my one car. And I am seventy-five mm, percent sure that you can declare which one you want to be your primary.
2: And it was cheaper I, I, I for the two combined. Yep. Than it yep. was just for the the one more expensive one. Yep. What the. What the
6: what? I know. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Wow. So okay. You might want to talk to your agent and see what kind of clunker you can get. I mean, or you can just maybe go <laughs> so insure bizarre. somebody else's car. I don't know if you have to prove that you own a car to insure it, honestly. Um, I don't know. I, don't know.
2: That- I, I, I know you give them your VIN, you know, so I don't know if they assume if they go through and they check it to make sure... Make sure that you own it. I don't want to encourage people to lie about a car that they own so they can get cheaper insurance. What a weird system.
6: Yeah, I know. And I, I haven't looked, you know, at my rates. I know my agent was trying to reach me a couple months back, and I didn't call him back. So I need to look, you know,
2: to look and see what I'm paying now. But, yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Uh, Chris, I'm glad you called in, and thanks for telling me that. A lot, it's, it's, Many of you are confirming this now. Text line says it's true. If you try to cancel one of your two vehicles, your insurance policy barely budges. So you saved more with two cars, but if you cancel one, the price is nearly the same. Somebody else said it's the multi-car discount. Okay. Um I need an I need somebody with expertise in insurance to tell me how that works. How how does that work for insurance companies? Why do they do that? Because I and now as I answer, I'm. Like, you can only drive one car at a time. So are they just like taking the average of the two? And yeah, your insurance isn't going down because you can only drive one car at a time. And I don't know what percentage of claims are like from it just being parked in your driveway, but I'm going to assume other than storm damage, you know, hail damage, 90% of the claims for car insurance are happening while you're driving. So that would make sense to me, the math, that it would only only change a little bit because you can only drive one at a time. That's how I play it out. Somebody tell me if, if I'm right at all. Ed's next up in Aletha. Hi, Ed.
3: Uh, just most insurance companies will let you insure a car for 7,000 miles or less if you don't drive it very much and the rate's much less. That's about the only savings you can make.
2: Say that to me again. You can only 7,000 miles or less.
3: Yeah, if, if you're if you don't drive a car very much, you, know, you go to your insurance company and they'll reduce down the cost of your insurance on that car. So you yeah, have two cars, basically expensive cars, you want let's say that's the seven thousand or less.
2: Got it. Okay. And so the average person drives what, twelve uh, twelve thousand miles a year, I think is the average. So Yeah, you know, if you're
3: commuting maybe more.
2: Okay. And if you work from home probably less. So if you can tell your insurance, like does it does it matter? I assume The nicer car is going to cost more. So can you just lie? They're not going to know the difference. I'm not encouraging people to lie. But can you just say the car that I put more miles on is the dumpy one?
3: Well, well, the problem is that there's a mileage thing. When you first get it, you're putting your mileage in there, and they can ask you to check that on a regular basis. I guess you could lie, but it's not worth it. If you save some money, you save some money. Interesting. But your expensive car is your expensive car.
2: Okay. Thanks a lot, Ed. I appreciate you getting in. Yeah, I would love to know the algorithm behind that. Um, like, uh, so I've I've had the same insurance company since I got the car that I have. And it's the full time, it's the first time in a long time I've had full coverage on it because I got I I, I buy my cars, I keep them for 10, 15 years, and this civic will last me forever, probably, hopefully. Um, and so it's interesting how different things factor into it that don't make sense. And then do once you start to play it out a little bit like your credit score figures in because they assume and this is a dumb way to look at this because I have a relatively high credit score, but it it could be higher except that I have no debt. You kind of get punished for never ha- for never needing debt and showing that you can pay debt off, but they figure in your credit score and they figure in whether you're married and yes, men, you pay a lot more because you get into Rex more and and whether you drive to work or not, and if your miles are city miles or highway mile, all, all that figures in. And if anybody knows, can educate me more about what gets the most weight in that algorithm, because some of that you can control. Also, I would encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, go into your policy and just carefully look at everything that's marked. Um, because i uh, do the show from home a lot, that saved me on car insurance a little bit because I'm not commuting every day. It cut down on my miles, but it also, I was able to tell them, yeah, my car is primar-, you know, primarily used just for um, leisure and not necessarily for work. And it didn't save me a bunch, but it it did a little bit there. So uh, if you have further insight, 913-586-7798, uh, we might be getting a little bit to the bottom of this parking situation at the KC Current. Um, It looks like season ticket holders got an email that is telling how much parking is going to be. I need someone to explain. uh, Somebody said sporting does free parking. It's been a long time since I've been to a sporting game, but if this parking is as high as they say it is, and I can't believe this would only be for season season ticket holders. We're going to chat about this. Uh, We'll do that coming up next here on KMBZ. All right. We got to have the parking conversation. Um, If you have season tickets to sporting or if you just go to sporting games, uh, give me a call. 913-586-7798. Colin and I have spent the last five or six minutes here comparing parking rates around town for Arrowhead and for where Sporting KC play. Because thank you to season ticket holders who forwarded us emails that came out. And I'm just going to read it to you so that we all make sure we're we're kind of taking this the same way. Um but this was for it said member information is how this is how this was worded. Um and so we are thrilled to share our highly anticipated parking plan and information to get you prepared. As a benefit of your membership, we are excited to present you with the exclusive opportunity to buy full season parking pass. Here's what it doesn't tell you is how much that full season parking pass is unless I missed it somewhere. What it does tell you is that parking passes will be available at a rate of $50 per match plus taxes and fees. Um, What? So we're being told that Sporting KC parking, somebody said it's $25 bucks for one of the games coming up. A couple of you have said that for season ticket holders or that in general parking is free at Sporting KC. If you want to go park out at Arrowhead, that's what, 50, 60 bucks to go park out at Arrowhead?
3: Yeah, that's what I saw.
2: Parking pass, and these are for these are for members. These are for season ticket holders. What's the general parking general public gonna pay for parking at the new stadium? This feels like their way of discouraging people from driving to the game. We were looking on the Google Maps a little bit. Um, it's it's just empty dirt out there. To my knowledge, they're not building a garage. For, um, for that new stadium, this is them trying to encourage people to, to not drive, to take the streetcar as far as you can, or Uber, or carpool, or however you can to get over there to not park. If anybody else got this email, who's paying fifty bucks a match for parking to Casey Current? Um, it's ridiculous to pay that amount to go to a game at Arrowhead but you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to go see and some pretty big names. I couldn't name you and I'm not the world's biggest soccer fan, but I'm excited about the Casey current coming here. I'm excited about that stadium. It looks so cool when you drive in on the interstate and have it there. And I'm thrilled that we're finally doing more with the riverfront that has sat there empty for so long. All of that is awesome. And I will go to games, but who is paying 50 bucks per match to park at the stadium. And if I'm reading this wrong, I know others of you got the same email. If I'm reading it wrong, somebody tell me I'm reading it wrong. But that's the deal for season ticket holders. Somebody just said, unless Sporting Kansas City, and we'll get to your calls here in a sec, has changed its policy this year, you can park in the orange lot for free. Okay. Who, who did the KC Current get that's a draw that I don't know about that I should know more about? 913-586-7798. Ryan's called us up out of KC. Hello, Ryan.
3: Hey, uh, hey! thanks for taking my call. Um, like I told the call taker, I've had season tickets to sporting forever, so has my father, and we have the next tier down from the, the closest lot. Um, and I don't know, I don't remember how far away the orange lot is that you do get in for free, but it's a substantial walk. But ours is, I mean, it's a very quick five-minute walk. And I, uh, I think it was like $200 the entire season. Which spread out over every single game of the season is not that
2: much. Help me out. Um, how many games? Like, what is that? Can you break that that down per game?
3: Um, that's I'm going to ask. Look, before I got on the phone call, but I don't remember how many matches. But uh, it's more than it's more. I think it's twelve or maybe fifteen matches.
2: We'll look it up. I mean, it's
3: uh, you could, yeah. I mean, it it breaks it it breaks it down to substantially less than uh, fifty dollars a game.
2: Wow. Okay. So what don't I know? And you're a sporting, I I get sporting fan, not Casey. What don't I know about the Casey current or about this stadium that makes this worth 50 bucks a match?
3: Well, I think it's brand spanking new. It's the first, it's the first stadium in the world designed specifically for a women's sporting event. So I think that's going to be part of the uh, allure. And quite honestly, I don't know how much they paid to have this thing built, but they're going to want to recoup their money as as soon as possible. And I think this is the way to do it or the way they're trying to do it. I guess
2: it's a stinky way to do it. Yeah. Not a fan. Um, I think you are. I'm looking at the sporting schedule and I'm trying to see. Yeah, you're probably right. It's probably, it might be a little more than you thought. It might be 20 games at home. Yeah.
3: Like I said, it's, it's, it's between 15 and 20. I I don't remember the exact schedule. I've got it. I've got it a, In front of me, I just can't look at it right now. I'm driving.
2: Yeah, I mean, but, but 200 bucks divided by even if it were 10 games or 10 matches and you're paying 20 bucks a piece, that's, that's fine. Okay. I don't love it, but that's okay. And it's,
3: and there's so many, there's so many different lots over there at sporting. I mean, you could all the way out as far as the orange goes, I'm pretty sure you're, you're going to have to take a a bus to get to where, uh, where you're entering. Otherwise, you're going to have to walk quite a bit.
2: And I wonder if that's their plan. You know, if they're going to put lots in somewhere else.
3: I was going to say, there's not a lot of space over there that I could tell that they're going to have a lot of parking available. So, I mean, that may be true.
2: Ryan, I appreciate you getting in. Thanks for uh, starting us off with some information there. Appreciate it. Uh, We'll keep going. Michael has called us next out of Overland Park. Hey, Michael. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you.
5: I'm a season ticket member of both KC Current and Sporting Kansas City, so I like Ooh, the sport and talk I've to never me. uh never paid the park for either team until I got the email today that you guys are referencing and um I'm uh, not very happy about that. I think the team has done a number of decisions that um are not in the best interest of the fans and I think they're pretty proud of their product and they have a new stadium to pay for but I just don't think our appetite here is gonna be enough to support or sustain what they're trying to do long term, and uh this parking is egregious uh I heard back from my ticket rep and there's fourteen home games, and if you wanna buy um a pass as a season member, there's more ticket holders than there are places to park, and so they already know that oh boy. So you're gonna be lucky you're gonna be lucky to get one if you can, and they're fifty dollars a game. So you do the math, that's 700 bucks for the season plus taxes and fees, which I was told would be another 100 bucks approximately. So in addition to the cost of tickets, which went up substantially this year because of the new stadium location, now they want us to pay 800 bucks to park. <laughs> and um, to my knowledge, there's no public transit uh, alternatives. I don't think you can ride a bus or the streetcar down there at this time. I may be mistaken on that, but uh, – there was talk about the streetcar going there, but I think that got uh, changed or hasn't happened yet. We haven't and heard about it in a while, yeah. As the last caller just said, there's nowhere else to park down there. I mean there's a few residential apartment complexes, but for the most part it's an industrial area with railroad tracks and you know businesses. And you don't want people walking across railroad tracks and highways trying to park for free. So I don't know what the options are, but I think it's a problem, and I think there's going to be a big backlash from both season ticket members as well as just the the public at large. I you know I don't know who's going to go down there. I don't see a lot of Johnson County moms taking their girls' soccer team down there to that part of town, and paying fifty dollars plus
2: to park. I don't see me doing it. Yeah, and I'm a new fan, right? I'm I don't yeah. see me doing it.
5: Yeah, I love the team. I love the sport. I mean, there's a lot of things to like, but. Um, they took away season ticket membership exchange privileges not too long ago, which was almost a deal breaker for me. You know, when you bought a ticket, you couldn't go to a game, you could carry it forward to a different game. Now you can't do that, even though the sporting Kansas City, the men's team still allows you that privilege. And they don't give you um, uh, concession discounts anymore. You just get merchandise discounts for the women's team. So they kind of took that perk away. And now this parking thing is, to me, Extortion. Wow. I, mean, I don't know. So will I really you, don't know what I'm going to do. We're
2: almost out of time. So, will you keep your tickets? Will you try to get rid of I'll your keep, season tickets? Will you not go? I'll, I'll keep them
5: this first year because the stadium is novel and um, I, I own two, and uh, we exchange with another couple that uses half of the tickets and we use our half. So, we'll make it work this year, but I probably won't renew if this is the way it's going to be. Wow. I'm disappointed to say that, but I can't imagine I'm the only guy feeling this way.
2: I appreciate the call, Michael. Fantastic information. Um, we can carry this over because we just started talking about this. If you are also a season ticket holder uh, for the KC Current or for sporting, yeah, it sounds like it. 50 bucks per match to go park. So 800 bucks all in if you're going to go to all of them. 913-586-7798. Still to come in the next hour, uh, is this guy in the right for suing the lottery over a win or maybe not a win? Get to that coming up here in KMBZ.